Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast. I'm your host, Chet. I'm joined with Wade and Jacob. Our faithful fourth-person co-host is working his new job at the Pelicans game. Uh, You know, you got NBA season tipping off for them. I think they're losing at half, but he's he's still there. He's fighting on. He's he's strong. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if they can pull off a win for him. But how are y'all doing tonight? Doing great. Uh, Another good weekend of football. Got to storm the field at LSU. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, it was a great game to be at and a, a good sports weekend for me. Uh, we doing good over here in the SIP, uh, holding it down. So it uh, it's all right. So You look exhausted, Fudge. You had a big Thursday night. I'm sure you work today. Home Depot's not making it easy on you, huh? Yeah, I was a little exhausted. Um, I kind of wish the whiteout game wasn't last night and it was next week because – uh, it was just a lot going on this week. So I'm, yeah, I'm exhausted. So I came home from work and slept for about three hours. Um, so I needed it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, Fletch, where you at? Let's hey, go recharge. His uh, yeah, sports no. batteries recharged for us. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're in the thick of it halfway through the college football season and NFL season. NFL was a little lackluster today. Not too much going on, but we had another wild weekend of college football, but before, we jump on into there. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, MLB postseason. We had the Phillies just defeat the Padres a few hours ago. The Astros are, I think, are starting right now against the Yankees. But, well, who saw the Phillies making it this far? I mean, besides what? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I do recall driving back from our uh, golf outing in Houston, and, and Jacob was laying out the plan for how the Phillies could be relevant and um, how the Mets were going to fall off. And he got both halves of that uh, right. You know, I thought the, he was right about the Mets. I didn't see the vision with the Phillies, but um, kudos to you. It, it uh, definitely worked out that way. Yeah, it, kind of a strange way of uh, how it worked. I mean, I think how I broke it down, you know, was the Mets kind of fell off because of their pitching. I mean, that was their that was their sole reason of surviving was their pitching. And uh, the sole reason really for – the Phillies and the come up was making big pitching moves and 
uh, moving up the rankings and turned into one of the best pitching rotations in the league late in the season. Yeah, speaking of pitching, you had uh, Aaron Nola from LSU facing off against his brother, Austin Nola. It was actually the first time ever that two brothers faced off as pitcher versus hitter in postseason history, which is, uh, considering how long the MLB's been around, that's kind of a crazy stat. But uh, today I, I was watching a little bit of the Phillies game, and Bryce uh, Harper hit that home run to give him the lead in the bottom of the eighth. And then I wanted to get y'all's opinion on this. Top of the ninth, uh, they bring in a new pitcher. They got one out. Guy walks first batter, walks second batter. Okay, new pitcher comes in for the Phillies. One out, runners on first and second. First pitch, dude lays down a bunt straight to the pitcher. He gets thrown out at first, and runners advance to second and third. Do you think he should have bunted or let him swing away and try for a base hit? I mean, it's the playoffs. You got to go. Got to go with the momentum. Got to go for the big play, I guess. But also, you know, you can't get too far ahead of yourself. If if you would have bunted in the regular season, you got to play the high percentage play. Um, but there is a little bit of an extra edge in the playoffs. So I don't mind seeing a guy swing away and, and try to get it in play. Yeah, I think if, a, you know, your team has runners on and you've had success off of somebody and uh, you've kind of got some momentum, I think – and baseball is just a momentum sport, so I mean it. Uh, you know, just it's about how you feel up at the plate versus a matchup, and you know a lot of those guys have become analytics guys and be just you know weighing their options against these pitchers. And if a guy has good stats or you know so the team has good stats against this pitcher, uh, then he's probably going to get the nod to swing away from from one of his base coaches. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. I know the smart thing to do is probably to bunt it, but I mean it's top of the ninth. You're down one. You are, if, if there's no outs, bunt it 100%. Move the base runners. But you got one out, and I know people say, well, if he swings away and he hits into a double play, the game's over. Well, he bunts. All he does is advance the base runner, and it was not a good bunt. It was straight back to the pitcher. Next guy comes up, hits a pop-up to the right fielder, Phillies win. So I think you have a better chance. I mean, it's postseason baseball. You Pretty much if you bunt, you're, like, guaranteed to get out. I mean, nine times out of ten probably, unless you just lay down a perfect drag bunt which is not easy to do. I mean, I know they're professionals, but you got a professional guy up there on the mound too. Uh, I would have liked to see him swing away and try to hit, you know, a little blooper in the center field, and that potentially that scores somebody. you got a guy on second, base hit, probably scores a runner. So uh, kind of, in my, my opinion, poor coaching there, but I guess analytically the right thing to do is bunt. Um, well, Phillies make it to the World Series first time since 2009. Uh, you know what else happened in 2009? The Saints won the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I wish they'd play better now. But we still have that victory back in 2009. Um, so shout out to our network, Old City Sports Network. They're all Phillies fans, all Philly podcasts. All we see is Philly stuff. So I'm sure they're having a blast tonight. And getting ready for Friday when they take on either the Yankees or the Astros. Um, Astros are up three nothing on the series. Game four, uh, I think they're going to get it done tonight. What do y'all think? I think they'll get it done. It, you know, it might not be tonight. Uh, baseball is a game of percentages and odds, so to go for the clean four zero sweep in the league championship series seems a little far fetched, but uh, definitely we'll get it done. And I mean, the Phillies are really hot right now, so it's hard to make a prediction, but. On paper, you would think the Astros have it in the bag. Um, you know, once the Dodgers got knocked out, I didn't really see a team that was complete enough to take down the the Astros. But momentum is a fun a fun 
phenomena in baseball and the Phillies definitely have that. So it uh, should be a good series. Should be a lot of offense. I'm um, looking forward to taking it in. What do you think? Fletcher, think Astros get it done against the Yankees tonight or they go to a game five? Um, I think Houston probably gets it done tonight. I, I just think that uh, with, you know, guys that are on the mound, like Lance McCullers, I mean, coming back, hasn't seen a postseason in quite some time. Um, I think he's pretty motivated at this stage of of the series and the season uh, to go out there and pitch well for his team. I, I just feel like uh, offensively, Houston is the better team. Uh, Pitching-wise, I think Houston's the better team. Uh, I, I don't think the Yankees have anything other than uh, – you know, if Aaron Judge hits a home run, you know their percentages of winning the game is a lot higher. But if he doesn't, uh, it, it tapers off pretty fast. So I mean, the weapons uh, are, are immensely different and more in the favor of Houston. I, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, every game that we've seen so far in the series has been Houston getting out to a fast start, um, and the Yankees kind of playing catch up from there. So, I, and it just feels like. It, once Houston gets a lead, either the Yankees are demoralized offensively, they can't get it done, or it's just that big of a shift in momentum that they just shut down. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a it's a time of runs and and consistent failure. I mean, it, with yeah. the Yankees, as far as postseason goes, I mean, that's why I kind of said I, the Yankees aren't going to make the World Series. I mean, sure they had a great season, but. It, it, when it comes to playing against the team that has uh, just as many weapons or more, uh, they're going to get beat. I just I don't feel like they can compete with with Houston uh, in the long run. So yeah, I I kind of thought the Houston Philly thing would happen once we saw the final four teams uh, for the league. You know, so it, it just seemed right because the Yankees and Padres kind of look the same. I would say you've got those big bats and then you fall off really fast offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got Machado, you've got uh, Soto, you know, you're without Tatis, but it, it, it makes it seem like, yeah, the Yankees also have, you know, Aaron judge uh, who has you know, not really shown up this year or this season. He's got five hits, probably the arguably the best, uh, hitter in Major League Baseball this season shows up and five hits uh, yeah. in the postseason. So that's definitely a blow to uh, to the to the Yankees' chances there. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton really hasn't done anything. Uh, Josh Donaldson hasn't done anything. Uh, it just seems like they don't have any sort of offense uh, in the postseason, in, in big games in general. Yeah, so we got a comment drop in from our – Friends over at Patriot Sports Radio, what's up, boys? Of course, shout out the Eric, Phillies. Chris, the Coach John, all of them. Yeah, the Phillies are up there, that's for sure. Uh, now, you got to check out our friends over at Patriot Sports Radio, especially if you want some locks in the golf betting world. And we'll get into, get into that in a second. But I've been saying it for a while. The the Phillies are if, – if the Astros win and me being in Houston, the Phillies are not someone I want to play in the World Series because it's that David versus Goliath type of thing. The Phillies weren't supposed to be there. They're the underdog, and they have just been playing with nothing to lose, and they've been playing really great. So it's definitely – if the Astros get it done tonight, which I think they will, it's definitely going to be a great, great series for the World Series. Um, question for two of y'all. How much do you think a ticket was tonight to the Astros versus Yankees game four? 
Uh, probably like $400 to sit in the outfield. Okay. Okay. Fletch, what do you think? Um, not, I don't know about 400. It's, it's probably, it's probably 275 to sit somewhere in the outfield. I don't, I don't think it's, it's crazy well, amounts, but. If y'all were scalping tickets outside the stadium, you'd both be getting ripped off because they dropped from game three, $250 in the outfield to $12 to tonight's game. What? So, yeah, $12 for outfield seats tonight. So, uh, y'all. What don't, kind of don't, promo don't, code don't, you got? No, no, no. That was what they voted <laughs> to because literally, like, the Yankees just have not showed up and they were trying to get fans in the stadium tonight. Wow. So, I saw that on Twitter and I was like, holy crap. I was thinking cost of living's pretty high. You know, like, a five is a one out there. I mean, a one's yeah. a five out there. Yeah, no, it, uh, I was like $12. Shoot, I could probably get a flight on Spirit direct to New York for 90 bucks and then get into the, get into the, uh, game all for less than 150. Well, a Phillies fan did that. He went all the way to San Diego because it was cheaper for him to fly and get a hotel and go to a game in San Diego than it would have been to ride the Metro from like DC to, uh, Philly to take in a game and it oh. caught national media and some of the players gave him tickets and whatnot. Oh, so well, I'm sure it'll be at the world series too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Where's my luck when it comes to that, nobody <laughs> takes pity it. on me. Yeah. You got to tweet out at the right, at the right people. That's all. I mean, you should take it a train and everything. I sent y'all this uh, message earlier in the week, a little NFL talk here. Jordan Poyer, safety for the Bills. He wasn't uh, medically cleared to fly last week to Kansas City because of a rib injury, so he drove 15 hours in, to play the Chiefs. So a uh, little bit of got that dog in him right there. But he's yeah. not my pick for got that dog in him this week. <laughs> so, I mean, we have our individual picks for got that dog in him this week. I do now. I mean, that guy definitely got segment. that dog in him. But, to, I mean, to drive 15 hours because he – I mean, he wasn't medically cleared to fly. I'm surprised he was medically cleared to play. Yeah, I wouldn't want a linebacker jabbing his helmet in my chest uh, yeah. if I couldn't get on an airplane. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know about all that. But, I mean, hey, he, he went, so that's good for him. Um, but if you are going to be in Houston next week and you want to take in the hopefully – Fingers crossed, Houston Astros versus Philadelphia Phillies. We're already predicting it. You can still I watch mean, the World Series, even if they yeah. completely collapse. You can still watch the World Series. Um, you can head on over to Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company next time you are in Houston. And if you're in Houston this coming week and just want to watch any sporting events, they got all the TVs up on uh, the upstairs terrace area. And I think during the playoffs, they got a little beer special going on. So you'll definitely have to check that out. Um, they hooked me up with some a package – this past weekend, they had a new beer come out, the pregame uh, Crush City IPA. And I got to say, I was digging it, especially when I showed up and they just like handed me a crate of it. I was like, holy cow, I was expecting a little six pack. No, they were like, here you go. And just, well, they actually gave it to Lyndon. Lyndon's our official sports scramble driver because he lives right next to Buffalo Bay Brewery. And I, <laughs> I didn't want to drive all the way into the city and he was coming to my house that night anyway. Um, but yeah, next, if you're in Houston next week and you want to watch, hopefully the Astros, or if you just want to watch the World Series in general, check out our friends at Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Uh, tell them we sent you, and maybe they'll hook you up with some free beer. So we got a little bit of golf madness. not I guess not madness, but a little bit of golf talk. We had the CJ Cup in South Carolina, Wade's home state this weekend. Uh, Roy McIlroy won it last year, and it was like in California or something. Uh, or no, he won it two years ago, last time it was at this golf course. So he goes back-to-back as 
defending champion to go minus 17 uh, overall, which I don't know about y'all. I'm usually plus 17, not <laughs> minus 17. But it gives him the number one uh, golfer in the world ranking, top Scotty Scheffler. Scotty was like tied 45th today. So he's got to clean that game up before he comes into Houston. We're seeing billboards pop up everywhere because uh, we got the Houston Open in a few weeks. Uh, we'll have to, we may have to try to get some tickets and get y'all get y'all down to Houston, a little rematch of the whack. maybe come watch the Houston Open. I don't know. It's the week after the LSU-Alabama game, so we won't, we won't have anything going on that week. Uh, you might not, but – my lovely fiance will be turning 24 that weekend. So, oh, perfect way to celebrate. Bring her on down to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> to the Houston. Oh, on that one. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, happy early birthday to Elise. She actually won our giveaway of the Buffalo Bayou shirt a few weeks ago. So, hopefully, maybe she'll wear it out on the town. I'm sure it looks great with everything. <laughs> it's a condition for winning the, uh, the competition. Yeah, there you go. So, so Fudge, did you see Rory taking this top spot? I mean, he's been on a little bit of a heater since winning the actual tour last year. Um, yeah, a lot of momentum, and like you said, you know, he won at this golf course two years ago. Um, and the strange and great thing about golf is is that guys have success at, the, at certain places, uh, and it is uh 80% mental I mean it really is and if a guy knows he's won there in the past uh, he can come in and he's already got the confidence because he knows he's done it already um so I think it was coming especially this week I I think he was once he made that climb back onto the leaderboard um because I know he was a few shots back at the time you know some guys go out and go really low first couple of days but Rory stay consistent and it's all about playing consistent golf I mean Round one, shooting a 66 and three consistent rounds uh, with 67, I mean, is really uh, a positive thing for uh, Rory going forward. So, no, I think uh, I think you can see some more top tens from Rory in the next coming weeks. Uh, and it is just about, you know, momentum and, and, and guys having a good couple of weeks. Yeah, and it was actually played uh, in Ridgeland, South Carolina, which played, I've heard – not the nicest part of South Carolina, but this Congaree Golf Club um, has a cool little thing that that they do, where they they like send out scholarships to the uh, surrounding area to like have them come work at the golf course and teach them like life lessons and kind of get them involved in the uh, foundation that runs the golf course. So pretty pretty cool to see that uh, some charity work going on. Yeah, there nothing with that, with that nothing wrong with Ridgeland. There's just nothing there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I heard it's pretty uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I lived in what was called the low country for my terms. But uh, if you want to speak technically, that is the low, low country. That's um, (laughs) pretty much all the way down near Savannah. Pretty isolated area because a lot of you have to cross a lot of water down there. So really, people have just grown up there for generations and um really hasn't developed so other than a few really nice golf courses and resorts so it's good to see that they're giving back and um seeing South Carolina on the map I had a couple buddies that went to the tournament and they said it was a good event so um cool that it was there and and good for Rory yeah he's uh he's uh, he's overtaking that number one spot hey maybe we'll get to see Rory in Houston he's got to defend his title Scotty's playing I mean come on Rory come on down to Houston I got a place you can stay I got a spare bedroom I promise you I won't bug you for too much. He's going to take your shot. master bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go sleep in the spare bedroom. 
Uh, definitely when he walks in with a green. Well, he hasn't actually he hasn't won the Masters yet, so I don't know if I can give him the spare bedroom. Uh, I have a green jacket, but it's not from winning the Masters. Uh, so it's just a green jacket I bought at, I believe, Marshalls. Um, but good for Rory. Maybe we'll see him in Houston. Uh, golf around this time, golf season's pretty low. Uh, not a whole lot going on. A lot of top players are kind of, you know, taking the fall off. But they'll be uh, they'll be gearing up here soon. And like I said, our friends over at Patriot Sports Radio, they have another podcast, Plus Money Golf, and they give you their their bets for the week. And, man, they have just been hitting. I think they picked the winner last week. I believe they had Rory finishing it in the top ten, and so that's a lock for that. Um, I don't know how they do it, but you got to ride with them uh, when you're picking, making golf bets. And you know who else you need to ride with now? Yes, the we have scramble parlay. The sports <laughs> scramble parlay. We had – Penn State cover, TCU cover, and Syracuse cover, and all of them hit straight locks for us. Uh, I think it was like a plus 650 odds, highest we've had all year. So sprinkle a little money on it. We'll figure out something for this week, uh, and we'll, we'll release it. I think we release them on Wednesdays or Thursdays, so we'll, uh, we'll throw that in there, But especially with it being sponsored by Fanatics. I mean, that works out perfectly. Take the money you win, go over to Fanatics, use our link, and boom, you get your – Get you all your stuff. So, but since I already talked about it, Fanatics link right there. I don't know what the promo code is this week. We don't have Tyler to look it up. Maybe Futch can look it up real quick. I mean, Wade, do you want to guess what fall code it is this week? I'll look it up and then y'all can take your guess. I think it's like we... pumpkin or something, but that might be too oh, long. It's actually kind of anti-climatic. Oh, man. I'll give you $24,000 if you can guess this without cheating. Let's see if I can guess it without cheating. I'm not pulling up the Fanatics website right now. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with it's a L.A. Chargers, the Bolts. Is that the promo code this week or today? <laughs> it's close. Oh, what? That's what it said on my website. Uh, That's what I get. Mine says 34 Bolt. 34 Bolt. And what does that get you? 34% off? I don't know. That's not even Austin Eckler's number. So no, it gets you twenty five percent off NFL and NCAA gear. Okay, I well, would, that's a little maybe out. Maybe wait till tomorrow. The Monday sale is usually better. Yes. So they see everybody watching NFL. They get all these bandwagon fans. They're like, "Oh, I really need a New York Jets jersey." And yeah, then, the Jets are rolling. The yeah. Giants. Everybody. Fanatics needs to think about bringing us on as uh, marketing. I mean, <laughs> we're hitting parlays when they're sponsoring it. So use that money you want in our parlay. Go on down to I'll, – I'll read the, read the link out for the audio listeners. Fanatics.93n6tx.net slash scramble. Go on over there. Get you something good with that money you won and uh, help us out. So, all right. Well, let's dive on into college football. Futch, I want to hear about your experience in the press box over at the South Alabama versus Troy game. We are officially South Alabama Media Pass holders here at the Sports Scramble. Yeah, so uh, it was a good experience. Uh, Tyler wasn't able to join me. Uh, he's had some other stuff. He was actually with you, Wade. So, uh, cool. but, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was a good time, and uh, it was a great experience. It was crazy to to do that. It was a different perspective on the game. Uh, getting in so early. I mean, I think I sat down for a six thirty game at four thirty in the afternoon. Uh, so I had time to sit down, had a sandwich about the size of my head. Nice. Uh, so, nice. Included in your, in your tickets too, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. see, yeah. I mean, you just go in there and it's all set out for you, but it's, uh, 
it was interesting and I, I turn I turn and I grab my sandwich and I turn around and there's a, a really tall uh, uh, refrigerator. It's got all these drinks in it and everything. So there was water, Coke, uh, Diet Coke, and Tyler's favorite thing in the world made up most of the fridge. And that was... Right. <laughs> so it was all left over from the previous week it made up about three quarters of the refrigerator and i was straight like straight up sprite man. south Alabama is sponsored by sprite yeah so it uh it was pretty neat just to just to take in the experience sitting down um i believe i have i had something with me but uh i have the list of people that were up there as well um i sat next to a guy from dothan uh, who's a local sports writer for for Dothan, Alabama? Um, next to me, uh, Fox, uh, NBC, and CBS were there. Boom! Get us a TV deal. Come <laughs> on, Jacob. Let's let's do it. But the coolest thing of all was right behind me, sitting up above me, behind me was uh, I had two scouts from the Jets, uh, the 49ers. Um, shoot, who else? Uh, maybe the Titans, I think. Um, so th- there was actually quite a bit up there and taking it in and getting to talk to some of those people was pretty pretty neat and interesting. Uh, but great setup up there. It was cold. Um, they decided to open the windows, which was a dumb idea. <laughs> and I had to put my jacket back on because I was freezing. Um, but no, it was it was really neat interesting i felt like you know when you watch the games on tv and you kind of get that side angle that side profile look like you're in the Mm. stands um that's what it felt like it felt like i was watching it like that through glass and it was just very interesting uh to take it in like that you could see pretty much everything that was going on uh very low scoring game it did get kind of boring but uh, you know as far as offensively uh defense was big i mean a 10 to 6 game uh, and the Sun Belt is not something you see every night. So, yeah, especially when you got the Troy Trojans on the other side, we as LSU fans know too much about them. Yeah, so uh, it was a little rivalry game. You know, the schools are only three hours from each other, so it uh, it was it was interesting. But yeah, I uh, I think uh, Tyler and I are going to do it again here shortly. Um, I think Texas State in a couple of weeks. We're gonna okay. we're gonna do it. So, I might have yeah. to hop on the Texas State bus when they pass through town and see if I can uh, get a free ride down there to Mobile. Hang on for dear life. Go, go sit in the cargo storage. <laughs> Shoot, they might start me. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm sure they're pretty bad. I think they're pretty bad this year. So I might be a yeah. uh, starting quarterback out there. Yeah, they're having um, a little rough year. We'll have to get you next time. We'll get you the sports scramble hat before you uh, yeah. before you go. That way, when Fox and NBC and CBS are like, "Oh, who are you with?" Oh, what sports scramble? You know, you might have heard of us. We're pretty big. Uh, check us out on we got Twitter. little plaques we got little plaques too so you know it says it says sports scramble down there and everything oh that's cool you should have taken a picture of that yeah so, so we got them so i i grabbed them before i, I walked so out. what's the next game you're going to to cover south alabama uh next game is probably texas state um I, oh yeah that's right that's right yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna probably get to southern miss uh for this oh southern man miss. that'd be a fun one yeah that would be a fun one uh so i did have the opportunity to get uh, access to that one at Southern Miss, uh, but I, I just don't. I don't think it's going to work out. Um, hey, wait! Pretty- you're not too far from Southern Miss. I could go, go cover the Southern Miss South Alabama uh, game. It's another Thursday night game, huh? Or no, that's um, UL is playing Southern Miss on a Thursday. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We, you'll be seeing this sports screen will pop up everywhere. We're, we're taking over, baby. 
you know, CBS, Fox, don't worry about them. Just straight to Sports Scramble. Uh, Troy ended up winning that game, didn't they? Yeah, 10 to 6 was the final. So, yeah, it uh, it was a weird game. A lot of reviews. Uh, kind Just of a, a controversial- slow game, yeah. Yeah, it was a controversial call at the end of the game, too. Uh, it was a little like, was it a catch? Was it not a catch? Was it a pass backwards to keep the play alive? Well, what was um, it? Well, so, let's hear it. Media, media man, break it down for us. Yeah, so uh, there was a pass out to Jalen Wayne to the left left side uh, of the line, a little short three-yard dump off for some strange reason with 12 seconds left to go in the game. South Alabama was trying to get points. Uh, but, I mean, they had to drive 65 yards down the field, so a little three-yard dump off didn't make any sense in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it kind of hit the receiver in the chest and then kind of like – oddly enough, flew out like three yards back from the contact from behind. Uh, and there happened to be a South Alabama running back that was standing back there. Um, and he kind of made an attempt to catch it, but didn't touch the ball. And uh, they ended up ruling it as a catch and a pitch backwards to keep the play alive. I'm guessing because of how much time was left on the clock, they were thinking South Alabama just going to try to do a bunch of laterals in right. order to keep it alive. Uh, but I don't think it was a catch. You know, we see all these times about how receivers have to complete the catch on the sideline. You know, did the ball bobble or anything? And it was kind of one of those instances where it's like, was it really a catch? Because, you know, the receiver really didn't have much control uh, at all. And, you know, the same play happened previously where, you know, a guy hits the ground with the ball, uh, you know, makes contact after diving for a catch. And, you know, 60-yard throw, and hits the ground. He's got control of the ball, bounces, and then when he bounces and makes contact with the ground again, uh, the nose of the ball hits the ground. And I'm thinking, well, he's already down. He was down three yards back there before he skidded off the ground. Uh, But you end up ruling the pass incomplete because of the nose of the football hit the field three yards after. It was kind of – So that was their 60 – That was you said it was a 60-yard pass to pretty much like – go into scoring position and they uh Alabama's really only opportunity to get a touchdown hmm. uh, and that was right before half I mean that that there kind of sealed the deal I mean it was one possession game the entire the entire time I mean it's it a was, defensive battle it really was yeah and I was kind of happy but not so happy because I was going man this is Sunbelt football I'm over here doing live updates on Twitter I said I'm going to be at this for a long time I said <laughs> I could be tweeting for hours but it, you know it's one of those things where I was like man things were slow doing it the first time like that um I was able to move a little slower yeah uh, kind of get your feet wet and figure out the name of the game and you it's probably good you weren't like tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> They're yes. scoring left and right, left and right. <laughs> I was, I was like, God, please. Like every scoring play on every drive, I was like, please no, please no. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was crazy to think that some of the programs that they give you, being up in the box. I mean, they give you some access to some stats programs and stuff. But I did <laughs> find one that I was able to use there, and people at home can use it when you're watching any sort of college football game. Um, it is collegepressbox.com, so you can go over there. You can pick any game, uh, Power 5, Group of 5, you name it, uh, I think FCS, uh, and you can go in and actually watch the stats live for each individual player, hmm. uh, offensively, defensively, rushing yards, passing yards, and it breaks down plays completely, and it's fast, man. Like 
I was sitting like there live updates. As yes, soon as it, happens. it was like it was live. Like I was because sometimes you get live updates and it's like, well, 10 seconds later, uh, it tells you what the play was. No, like it was instant. Like they were punting the ball and it was like a 41 yard punt. And no sooner did the guy catch the ball and the officials blow the whistle, it's already showing up. And I'm sitting there. I feel like I'm watching the game on TV and there's TV delay. I was like, no, I'm there in person. Yeah. <laughs> it's that fast. So it was crazy. What was that? Collegefootballpress.com. That was the yes. name of the website. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll have to. No, just, have just to college. Use... Just collegepressbox.com. Okay, collegepressbox.com. I'll have to keep that in mind. That's pretty cool. Um, well, we had we had one one fourth of the sports scramble in the press box in South Alabama, and we had two fourths or one half uh, at another live show. Wade and Tyler over there at the Snaps in Baton Rouge. Wade, tell us about that. Yeah, it was a. A good event. I didn't mean to steal Tyler from uh, Jacob, but Tyler yeah. reached out, and before I knew it, he was meeting me in Baton Rouge. Um, but yeah, we had a good time. It was pretty laid back on the back patio at Walk-Ons, if y'all have ever been there. Um, kind of an indoor-outdoor setup, and they had a sound stage pretty much just out there on the patio, and you could order drinks, get food. Um, the whole deal was brought in by FanDuel, so of course they were trying to get people to bet. And um, T. Bob and and Aaron Murray were endorsing a a parlay that almost hit, but um, a little bit of a bad beat. They needed the Saints to cover seven and a half, and the Saints lost by eight. Mm. Um, of course, the Saints opted to kick a field goal late in that game to attempt an onside kick. If they had gone for the touchdown you know, the more traditional route. They could have covered that for the guys, but um, it was a really fun event, and their show lasted about an hour and a half, and then um, pretty much they just stuck around to take questions and talk to fans, and um, I actually went up and talked with Aaron Murray a little bit about A.J. Green, who went to my high school, and Aaron Murray was his quarterback at, at Georgia, and he had really cool things to say, and it was just kind of cool to talk to him um, about AJ and his dad was a civil engineer. So we even talked a little bit about engineering, which was crazy. And then uh, T-Bob, he was uh, quite the character. Local as always. Radio as guy. always. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was pretty fun. Um, they actually did some trivia too during the show and I got two of the questions right. Danny Werfel being the all-time SEC leader in passing before um, Aaron Murray and then now Will Rogers. And then, oh, what was the other question? Oh, what size were Aaron Murray's hands at the NFL Combine? Nine and a quarter. I said eight and a quarter, and he yelled, don't put an eight in front of my name. <laughs> and uh, to which T-Bob said, dang, I didn't think you were a whole nine and a quarter. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun. And um Saints couldn't quite get it done for the home crowd, but uh, a good good night at Walk-Ons. Happy to be there. Uh, plug in the, the podcast. Yep, spread the word, spread the word. So they're on a network called Volume, uh, mm-hmm. and they must be pretty big. They have like five or six employees there, and um, I think they're based out of L.A., so we'll have to do a little research there. But, um, yeah, they were super nice, and I don't know. We might have gotten some follows or something. So ah, cool, cool. Yeah, it's always always fun. To, I mean, all the former Casiba played at LSU, and I think he was on the Saints there for a little bit, wasn't he? 
Yeah, I think he was on the practice squad or something. He's Bobby Abear's grandson, so he probably yeah. was able to pull some strings with the Saints. But um, yeah, he does a good, good radio show here. I, uh, you know, I, I do this podcast, but I can't say I listen to a ton of them. But recently, I've had to drive a lot for my new job, and the car you can't really listen to Bluetooth or anything, or I haven't set it up. So I've been listening a lot to local radio and T Bob's on there several times throughout the day. And um, it's good stuff. You know, I like hearing what they have to say on the, the local teams here. So it was yeah, cool like to you, hear him in person. Like, like you said, he's a character. So uh, if you're falling asleep there at the wheel, he could definitely wake you up. Because I don't he, know, you uh, can't he gets very <laughs> animated. Uh, what? That's cool. That's cool. And, you know, speaking of bad Rouge, we got to talk about, our LSU fight Tigers and what they did to the number seven ranked team in the nation, undefeated Ole Miss. Just they started a little slow. Uh, I was a little worried it was going to be a repeat of the Tennessee game there, to be honest with you. Going down 14 to three, uh, I was like, ah, this ain't great. They've started uh, slow every game. Yeah. You, but they figured it out and went down there and scored a touchdown. Uh, Jane Daniels finally looked a little comfortable, started spreading the ball around. A rushing attack looked really good, and the defense settled in. And we went on to – I think we outscored them 35-3 to three after the first quarter to uh, take yeah. that 48-20. Uh, was that the final score? 45-20. Uh, 45-20. Beat, beat them by 25. Just absolutely dominated them. Fans rushed the field. Uh, LSU gets fined $250,000 by the SEC, and it's going to be $500,000 here in a few weeks. When We're we going to have to cut the cross-country team. Yeah, I'm sorry, but the, the players are going to have to start donating some of their NIL deals. Uh, Big G, you're going to have to come through in the clutch and help pay this fine for when we beat Alabama. The Big G should sue Greg Sankey and the uh, SEC. <laughs> he, I mean, he'll probably win the case, to be honest with you. Um, but for my pick of who's got that dog in him, Jaden Daniels has got that dog in him. I mean, he uh, I think he did it again, three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, just really – like it was an all-out quarterback battle in the first half. And Daniels just figured it out there uh, in the second half and kept it consistent. Uh, well, Jackson Dart kind of started to fall apart. But one thing I want to ask y'all, what was your take on the officiating in that game? Just on both sides, just awful, soft calls. I mean, LSU, uh, Ole Miss had a drive where LSU was flagged three times in a row for pass interference. So, Wade, you were at the game. I'm sure the stadium hated it. What was going on? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get the uh... – the unbiased opinion at Tiger Stadium, you're going to hear a lot of griping and whatnot. But, yeah, it was it was kind of like, you know, let them play, you know. Um, I think it was a physical game there for a little bit, a lot of hands-on coverage and whatnot. But um, I think as the game went along, they started to let them play a little bit more, minus the Harold Perkins call. Yeah, But early on there, I mean, if there was any sort of contact, they were calling it. And it went both ways a little bit. LSU did get a nice call on their first scoring drive that kind of settled the Tigers down and, and gave them good field position, let them get on the board with a field goal. But, um, yeah, I always like to just see the teams play and, and just let them have it. Um, I thought it was probably fair that they overturned that targeting call. So the officials settled in kind of as the game went on. But early on, it looked like we were going to get screwed over and, and walked out with a, a, you know, a large deficit there. But uh, everybody settled in, and LSU just dominated the second half. It was a, a really good, real fun game to be at, for sure. 
Yeah, and you had some great seats right there in the lower bowl with the uh, wall behind you. Nice. Yeah, having rest. having the backrest was was key, and and about by the third quarter we were in the shade. So um, I was pretty impressed and grateful for those seats through the recent grad program. So uh, definitely a hidden gem there. Yeah, and not too far from when you uh, got to go on the field. So I know you you messaged me before that so you had a take for all the haters on Twitter talking about storming the field. So what is it, Wade? Let them hear. I just got to say, like, why is there so much backlash for for storming the field? I get it. Ole Miss is the little brother. We should beat Ole Miss every year. But come on, these kids that are in college right now, if this is their junior or senior year, they have not seen any good football from LSU likely their entire time on campus has been just horrible because of COVID. I mean, there was stadium capacity restrictions, ticket restrictions. Nobody's gotten the true college experience. And, you know, if you come to LSU, you should expect to storm the field at least once in your four years. And this was their opportunity to do it. I mean, how can Brian Kelly get buy-in and build this program if the fans are griping over us beating a top 10 team at home by 25 points. And we're talking to you, Zach von Rosenberg. <laughs> yes. Griping about. I blocked him on Twitter and he still shows up on my feed. I just can't stand it. I mean, I was, I was thinking about it earlier. The last time we stormed the field was 2018 when we were students there. No current student, unless they've been there for longer than four years, has stormed the field. So they beat the number 17 in the country. After the season that we've had, we're finally catching fire. Let them storm the field. Who cares about the two hundred and fifty grand that the school has to pay? That's on them. I mean, one that rule by the SEC is stupid anyway. Um, you got Clemson who storms the field after every game. Well, that's I another mean, they're, issue. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're getting you know destroyed by Syracuse, and they come back and win a game that they should have handled easily. And it happened a few years ago when they came back and beat Syracuse in overtime, um, and they still storm the field. So that's that's a whole other thing, but. If you beat an undefeated team that's ranked in the top 10 that you were supposed to lose to, that nobody, I mean, everybody kind of was picking LSU, but analytical wise, Ole Miss was supposed to beat us. Storm the field. I'm all about it. And we're going to storm it again in two weeks when we beat Alabama. So, yeah. fudge. Break what, out what another 300K, man. Come on. Yeah. I mean, make it go ahead, just pay half a million because we're going to be winning the SEC. I think West. it starts compounding on it. So, I think we're at like, 500 next time <laughs> yeah because it was originally a 100 when we beat georgia in 2018 and then it went to 250 and i'm pretty sure it goes to 500 if we I mean, come on. it's not that much money in terms of lsu football revenue uh they can put those ten dollar beers to work right exactly exactly fudge if you were there would you have stormed the field or would you have sat back and griped like all these other old heads um it depends on where I was sitting because if I was sitting where I normally sit for LSU football games, I probably wouldn't have stormed the field. We don't want any get... jumps from the upper deck. You're telling me you're not full on extendo over the upper deck, <laughs> hoping somebody catches you down there? Uh, well, no, I'm not in the upper deck. I mean, he's I'm on the, the other end zone. That is a far I, run. I'm in the other end zone, so it is a <laughs> bit of time. Line. It is forty times. They were coming over. They the were field. coming over. Yeah, just. I wasn't on the front line by any means. I waited until that made sure nobody was getting tased, and then we made our way down. So <laughs> that, that's the time. smart move. We were on there a good 20 minutes. So, <laughs> so I wasn't sure if uh, they were going to storm it or not. It didn't look like they were initially. I we, we started kind of walking down towards the lower concourse, and everybody was like, whoa, let's go, let's go. And then like they shook hands and whatnot, and nobody was on the field. And I was like, oh, well, they're not doing it, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, 10 people decided, yeah, we're doing it. And um, 
It was actually anticlimactic. They went out the tunnel. They didn't jump over the fence. (laughs) Well, that's not – in 2018, we were storming the field with three minutes left in the game. Yeah, people's like like, fans were getting gouged by the fence and stuff. Yeah, we were like – I mean, the uh, fans were already on the sideline, like ready to go. And so uh, they were – these NASCAR Neil wasn't a fan of it, by the way, so we can give him a little crap. Sorry, NASCAR. But NASCAR Neil likes protecting the equipment. I saw his his guys. They were – Wearing sweater vests well, it's and they were guarding for the him. Yeah, yeah, they gotta like run and grab the balls and the equipment. Make sure you don't have people like your friend Michaela tearing up the field and eating it halfway <laughs> through. <laughs> while you're out there, I was looking oh. for gloves and sweatbands and stuff, but uh, no, you could have gotten on the field, Jacob, from from the purple end zone. It was pretty much all ages and sections and whatnot. So yeah, yeah it I mean, seems what, like it, I mean, this is college football as a whole. I, I think storming the field um, is a stupid idea in general, but hear me out. Okay, okay. If, you know, LSU gets a big win like that, I understand it. Um, There are certain instances where I don't understand it. Um, As in Clemson, I mean, that that was a joke Um, in that that regard. I just think it's stupid. I think Clemson needs to be fined more money than what well, else. The ACC doesn't even fine them. Do the ACC is cool with it, and most of the ACC stadiums you can like walk in there and have your lunch on the fifty yard line. <laughs> yeah, getting into LSU if you if you break into the, the whole LSU different stadium, whole different it's animal. like you're you're going to East Baton Rouge Paris Jail. So yeah, I just don't under I don't understand what's the giant problem with it, but at the end of the day, I do get that you're trying to, especially on grass fields like LSU, you are trying to number one, protect the field. Uh, and number two, you know, you don't know. I mean, sure, you security screen everybody that comes into the stadium, uh, but you don't know what could happen in an instance, you know, and it's a safety precaution, which I understand. Uh, but a quarter of a million dollars is, um, kind of a joke. I, I think it's more of Sankey wants to make the um, appearance that SEC football is so much superior and that our fines are going to be greater than everybody else's because we hold ourselves to such a high standard. You can no. kiss my rear, Greg Sankey. <laughs> I think that is a joke because I, I don't think it's any different. Whether it's SEC football, Big 12 football, Pac-12 football, who cares? Um the NCAA needs to come up with a uh, decision for everybody in general across college football um, because it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, what happens if Clemson goes and plays LSU at LSU and all these LSU people are storming the field and Clemson's like, what the heck is going on? Uh, Or or whatever it may be. I can't say ACC because they allow it, but, somebody who doesn't really allow it and here come these people who, you know, flooding over the things and they're like, what the heck is going on? I, I do get it. Or the That's Clemson ever- fans run on the field because they're confused just- and they think it's Death Valley and they get tased. That's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was about to ask, has there ever been a time where the opposing team has stormed the field after upsetting that team? Uh- I, I feel like know. that's not a good decision. I don't think that's going to happen because I feel like if LSU decided to storm the field at Alabama, I would feel like Alabama Police Department and security would have no problem tasing people from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think they would find quite enjoyment out of that. But uh, 
I know. I, I I don't think it's smart. I can't to do think that. of one of those scenarios. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen that happen. I don't know. I, mean, I think it should just be up to the school. I mean, like it's their facility, it's their fans, it's their security staffing. Like, yeah. Well, so hey, what, we so don't have to buy happen? new goal new goal so poles. What, what does happen if the visiting fans storm the field? Oh, they're all getting arrested, hundred percent. Are they going to put? Well, my problem is, is are they going to put a fine on the home team? Or are they going to put it on the road team? Like. Who do they find? Let's say it's an SEC game. That's a good let's question. say you know, let's say Ole Miss wins that football game and the roles are reversed. LSU is number seven in the country, and Ole Miss wins that football game. Let's say that they've got people you know flooding over you know from their small. Hey, the Tennessee local. fans were close to doing it. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm so I'm wondering like what who gets fined? Like what happens in that situation? Um, Everybody stormed the field in Atlanta when LSU plays in the SEC championship. There we go. That's what I like to hear. I mean, who gets fined there? Does Chick-fil-A get fined? Yes. Like, who gets fined in that situation? The Chick-fil-A that is only in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for three Saturdays out of the year because they're closed on Sunday when the Falcons play. They've lost yeah, some that, that was that they have to sell uh, $1 Chick-fil-A sandwiches. For- they're, they they really have the college football dollar? kickoff. They have the SEC championship, and I guess they have concerts and whatnot. But Yeah, well, that, that wasn't a smart uh, business decision by Chick-fil-A. Well, Jacob, if you're at the Alabama game with Lauren, uh, you better get your shoelaces tied tight because she says if LSU wins, she's on that field. So you can't let your girl go by herself. You better be, you better be swan diving over everybody on there. Uh, I think her father's going to be worth it for that one. I, oh, well, you better tell them, tie them suckers tight because you're running <laughs> on that field. Because uh, be yeah. four tickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think, well, if you want to light, let's say lightly preview that game um, based off of LSU's performance uh, this yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, I think the real difference is, is that, like you said, Wade, you know, LSU getting off to a slow start. That's kind of been their MO to start the year. Um, what needs to happen, if LSU wants to compete in this football game, they need to play four quarters of what they did in the second half uh, yesterday. So I, I think that if they do that, it, uh, it's good. It could be good for them. I just feel like it. it's, um, it, it, it's a time where Jalen Dan, Jaden Daniels, I'm sorry, needs to – you know, show that he is uh, the best quarterback option for them, which I think he is uh, offensively. If LSU plays defensively, you shut down a team that's been scoring nonstop uh, so far this season. I mean, arguably didn't play much of anybody besides Kentucky in a game that they should have lost. Um, so, yep, yep, you know, yep. Ole Miss being number seven was kind of a fluke to begin with. Uh, but for LSU going forward, it, Offensive attack needs to be there. You basically outscored them by a million in the second half. Marcus Spears was almost right in saying LSU by fifty. Um, he was halfway there. Close. Halfway he was halfway there. There. So, um, yeah. I wanted to see us put fifty on him. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I wonder if Marcus Spears and Ryan Clark were in the in the group of people that decided to storm the field. Um, oh, they were probably on the field to watch the game. Honestly, I'm, probably so. But yeah, I I feel like. <laughs> It's going to be a big game for the Alabama one, especially with a win against Ole Miss. I feel like if they didn't beat Ole Miss, it wouldn't be as high profile. Yeah, um, I know we've been talking a little bit back and forth about what time that game might be at. So, who knows? fingers crossed be at night. night. 
I got if they screw us with another 11 a.m. kickoff, no way. Oh my gosh. I don't it's, think you're going to get an 11 and a kick 11 a.m. kickoff. Too many big games at 11 o'clock uh, that week. I, I just feel like it's not going to happen. Uh, well, you got Georgia versus Tennessee and LSU versus Alabama are the two big SEC games, and you got like Florida versus A and M, but snooze fest. Um, Georgia versus Tennessee, I think CBS is going to grab as their SEC game of the week because it's going to be number one versus number three. I mean, it's no unless Georgia loses to Florida this weekend. Uh, which I don't see happening. But I'm sure they take the 2.30 game, and then, like Wade said earlier, maybe they give us, what, a 6 o'clock uh, ABC game or maybe an 8, 8 p.m. Uh, or 7 p.m. ESPN game, which would be great because I like listening to Kirk Herbstreit. Um, I love him on TikTok. His TikToks are the bomb. Uh, he's just got a I like him on life. Thursday Night Football for uh, NFL. I think he does a good good game. I was hey, surprised that I wasn't – I don't know if y'all saw Kirk pick up Mississippi State's mascot during the Alabama game. Uh, he won't be trying that with Mike the Tiger. I can promise you that. He will be getting mauled if he tries to pick that Tiger up. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I hope we get a, a Saturday night in Death Valley for this, for this game. Do you I mean, think college game day – you think college game day chooses Tennessee? Oh, wait. Oh, Tennessee, yeah, Alabama yeah. that same day? Yeah, no. Yeah, they, 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 they definitely choose Tennessee versus It's in – College game day will be there. Athens, it's in Athens. So yeah. Yeah. If it was in Knoxville, they might not because they've already been there twice this year. Right. But there's no yeah. way. Uh, if it was in Knoxville, there's no way they do it again. I yeah. I, I definitely think they go there um, because, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's a, the matchup that's, well, it really both matchups have the most control or most. Uh, They'll probably for the determine SEC who plays in Atlanta. Yeah, whoever whoever wins those two games is who's playing in the SEC championship. I just yeah, I mean they're too good of teams to lose twice. So. Yeah, I just find it wild that LSU is leading the SEC West right now. It just seems strange. Like I'm sitting there going, man, Alabama's lost one game, but it feels so strange, you know. And that's the difference between uh, well, having. And here's what's crazier: LSU could lose. If LSU beats Alabama, they could lose to Texas A&M or Arkansas, and still and mm-hmm. still make it to Atlanta because they would have the head-to-head on Ole Miss and Alabama. Yeah, I mean we're talking about a team that potentially only has one loss if we don't miss that extra point, uh, and that that's a top ten team who's very much in the mix for a playoff uh, spot. I. Th- I'll get into this when we get into our, our playoff picks, but there I have a way cooked up in my head on how we can still make it to the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, yeah this is a three loss team with a loss to Arkansas making the playoffs. Okay, not that. <laughs> it's we we have to win out, but uh, needless to say, in two weeks we got a huge game. Bye week next week, uh, big game LSU Alabama. Hopefully a night game with a lot on the line between the two teams. So. Is there, is there anything left that LSU Wade wants to add about his experience in, in Death Valley this weekend? No, it was, it was overall a great experience and um, probably the last game for me this year. So it was a good one to go out on, get it to go on the field. Um, so, yeah, great, great weekend here in Baton Rouge. Okay. Well, Futch, we are giving you the floor for your Penn State Nittany Lions who saved our parlay, taking down the Minnesota Golden Gophers. What happened this weekend? Um, first of all, it wasn't as cold as it should have been. Um, people in Minnesota, uh, got a little summertime, uh, feeling, I guess, uh, 
being in state college, it, it, it was a slow start to the game. Uh, I feel like uh, I was about to throw something in the first quarter because it was three to three. Nothing was happening uh, for both sides. I think Tanner Morgan being out for Minnesota was really big uh, on concussion protocol from the week before. I think that really hurt them a lot. Uh, him and PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck is basically his father. Um, so I, I think it was uh, tough for them having a freshman making his first college start and that being a whiteout at Penn State. Uh, I'm very sorry for you. Yeah, not, a, not an easy uh, way to get acclimated to the college game. Yeah, so I'm very sorry for him, uh, especially in in front of 110,000. Uh, not, not a great time. So uh, as far as Penn State's Let's. I'll start with their defense. I would say defensively, Penn State um, is still there. I think they are still a top 10 team in defense this year, even though you gave up a lot of points to Michigan on the road. Um, it's just a bad weekend. Got to rebound from it. But I still think they're a top 10 defensive team. Um, offensively, saw some things from Sean Clifford that were positive, uh, finding guys down the field, not spending too long in the pocket. Uh, but the biggest story was Penn State was actually able to balance the run in the pass for once. Uh, it was good to see after after last week. So I think it uh, it was a good week all around. Uh, Katron Allen, Nick Singleton both carried the rock. Um, as far as Katron Allen goes, I think he's my runner up for who got that dog in him because he <laughs> okay, uh, okay. broke a run to the left side and Minnesota's DB who was not a very big guy uh, decided to go low. Cause they tell guys, you know, tackle them low. Cause they're vulnerable low. Well, Katron Allen kind of took that personally and went low as well. Um, and absolutely put that DB in his grave. Um, that guy <laughs> hit the ground so fast. Uh, it, it, it was a murder and it was, it was interesting. And I, I stood up and, uh, was kind of shocked by it seeing some guy who uh, isn't that big just run over another guy who isn't that big. No, normally you don't see that, uh, but <laughs> it was interesting to see. But Penn State routed him in the second half. I mean, it uh, it was an absolute beatdown as far as second half went. Minnesota's tired, tough atmosphere, uh, mm-hmm. great games to go to. I tell everybody, I said if if you want to go to a great college football game, go to a whiteout. Um, take a turn. We're in a sports scramble media pass whiteout game. Or are we going to try to try to sleep? Hey, my my old neighbors have season tickets, and they were there taking it in. So you never yeah. know. We could get an inside connection. Maybe not this year, but we may be able to get them next year if we if we try early enough. Yeah, my aunt and cousin uh, go to the games a lot. My aunt is a season ticket holder, so she's always there. She's got uh, the connections for us, Jacob. We got to get that always, thing going for next year. Always, buddy, and it. Uh, it's it's a family thing really um as far as tailgate goes for uh a late game a seven o'clock kickoff game it is it starts at uh eight o'clock in the morning pretty much uh so it is absolutely an all-day affair um and i wish i could find some pictures uh from tailgates because i don't think it does it justice uh from certain angles that people see i mean they they're tailgating for hours on end and being where the stadium is at the top of the the uh top of the that side of the mountain there mm. everything just runs off so i mean it it's uh it really is just tense for miles 
um, in all directions. So it uh, That's it's a, a cool good atmosphere. Yeah. So. Speaking of tailgating, they had the Barstool uh, crew and Baton Rouge for the game, and all four of them said LSU was the best tailgating atmosphere atmosphere in college football. I can't uh, see that. There's, I th- bet there's you it was a little biasy there. They probably would have gotten trampled if they said <laughs> Ole Miss. They all had Ole Miss ranked at last. Well, I was like, okay, that's a little bit of. A I mean, you can't say it's the best tailgate experience at LSU when you're at Fred's. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not a tailgate. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, that's just I a love bar. LSU and everything, and I've had some great tailgates, a lot of good hospitality from your folks, Chet, and our friend Matt, and some others. And as you walk around campus, I mean, it's a great experience, but you're at Fred's. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, they they were packed there, but I mean, not I, we'll have fun, to run, but that's not tailgating. That's a yeah, exactly. Bar. That's just, just that's just you're at a bar watching a college game day show, which is um, a very northern thing to do. So they probably don't yeah. know any better. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, we'll have to try to get to a Penn State tailgate so we can compare the two, um, and we'll see which school gives us media passes first, and that'll be the winner. Uh, well, <laughs> Penn State's got a big matchup against Ohio State this weekend. What's your prediction for it, Jacob? Um, well, my prediction for it is that there will be uh, not many points. I think it's a defensive battle. It's battle of the defenses. I get it. C.J. Stroud uh, can try to put up 70 points all day long. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it's a noon kickoff uh, at a Penn big, State. Big noon. Big noon kickoff. Can't wait to hear Gus Johnson for another week in a row <laughs> talk about. He seems so uh, pumped. Oh, my God. I said that, that guy has an issue internally um i think so it, it it's gonna be uh a weird game for normally you know it, it being a night game for a very long time or a 230 game so i'm surprised it's not an evening game i know they want the big noon and all that's that stuff, their media but... deal man they sold out for the noon i'm well, so it'll, glad... soon it'll be the 230 yeah i'm so yeah, glad it's gonna go true. to 230 or or a, you know a late game uh, in the future, of course, ABC used to take it all the time uh, as the late game always. Or uh, the Big Ten didn't have did have a two thirty spot for quite a while um, that we saw. So it, it it'll be interesting to see it at noon. I, I think the uh, biggest thing is that Kentron Clifford finally have success against Ohio State. This is your sixth year seeing them. Six times uh, a charm. Yeah. So. It, can you finally have success against an Ohio state team that hasn't faced anybody who can throw the ball offensively or be offensively strong? I mean, let's think about it. Ohio state hasn't really played anyone this year. I think the best team they've played is Iowa. And that's saying something. They have they good in that one though. <laughs> yeah. They, Iowa can't move the football. I mean, your yeah. first drive, you go down and you freaking throw an inner a pick six. So, I mean, you know, it's great. I, I, I think the best thing for Penn State is getting out to a fast start. You get out to a fast start at home, it's always great. Last time they did that was at Ohio State. Saquon Barkley ran it all the way back on the opening kickoff. Um, you know, you yeah, that, I mean, that's that's the way to start the game. Yeah, so that's probably the best way you can do it. But it, uh, it'll be interesting to see totally different teams. Um, I would like to see Penn State's approach to Ryan Day's offense. I mean, you having – Manny Diaz now. I made a bold statement yesterday watching the game um, that I think Manny Diaz should be the head coach for Penn State and James Franklin should see the door um, because 
of decisions that have been made head coaching wise. Manny Diaz seems to be more aggressive while uh, James Franklin likes to sip on his tea for half an hour. But James so, Franklin is on the hot seat for Jacob then. I think he's on the hot seat for all Penn State fans. I, I really do. Everything I've seen on Twitter has been absolute blow up on James Franklin and his decision making uh, in a press conference earlier in the week talking about doubling down on Sean Clifford being the starting quarterback, earning the spot. He said, well, yeah, sure, everybody earns a spot after you've been there six years. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't think Drew Aller's probably going to play. Um, hey, everybody but Miles Brennan just had to add yeah. that in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Drew Aller's going to play. I just feel like uh, Sean Clifford's probably going to play the whole game because it'll be close. Um, I think it's probably a touchdown game in the end. But I like Penn State at home. Anytime they're at home, it's a really good game. Um, it's always a one-score game. Mm-hmm. I know the line opened at fifteen and a half today, so or fifteen. Goodness. It was fifteen to Ohio State. Golly! Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I expect- but that Michigan game scaring people, you know. Yeah, yeah, I expected that. I mean, I think it's probably a touchdown game in the end. Well, we will have our eyes glued uh, for that one since we don't have our LSU team playing this weekend. So, but hey, folks, we're at LSU and Penn State podcast. I mean, we got to give you the takes on that. We're already an hour in. We've only talked about two college football teams, but those are the ones that matter the most. Let's be real. Um, some other college football news. Weber State sets FCS record for having four safeties in a game due to a bad stop. And though they ended up losing by eight points. So those four safeties really cost them. Uh, don't really know where Weber State is, but I saw that. Oregon. Oregon. It came across the Lillard's home, brother. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, but, yeah, four safeties off bad snaps into the end zone. So can't, All can't off the long down. snapper. Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. yeah, bad dude's being cut. Uh, that I actually was going to try out for backup long snapper just so I could be a part of the 2019 National Championship team. That's what big, he was like. Big Mike told me, hey, just be long snapper. You don't get hit. All you do is run out there and make a tackle. So I thought about it, but, you know. Yeah, all you do is have to make an SEC well, tackle. I mean – yeah, you snap the ball 15 yards, and then you run full speed and just try to lay out the punt returner. I mean, how hard can it be? Uh, I would love to see, like, you know, prop bets in there, like for, you know, players to make a tackle in a game. I feel like Chet Rodriguez, you know, over under half a tackle in, <laughs> in a football game. So If I'm even in the game. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty yeah. good long hey, snap. Cincinnati's in our at LSU. long snapper got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for, um, I think, too hard of a hit or something. So yeah, that takes it. talent right there. Hey, oh, well, that's full speed, forty yards, and then laying out the guy that you see in front of you. So um, watch out for a targeting call. Uh, Clemson survived a scare against Syracuse. I thought for sure Syracuse was going to win that game, and in typical Clemson fashion, they come back and storm the field. Wade, I know you were at the game, and I was texting you updates. How heartbreaking. Is it to see Clemson <laughs> as you were win? texting me, they decided to start showing highlights during the the timeouts and all in the stadium. And slowly I saw Syracuse's upset bid cripple away. Uh, you know, we picked that one here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Still got the the winning bet, so that was good. But, yeah, just kind of had a gut feeling Clemson would figure it out. I mean, they're kind of a big fish in a small pond in a sense. They got a lot of recruits. They got time to make mistakes. Think of it, think it over, and then put in their true freshman five star quarterback because hey, Syracuse isn't going to score more than twenty points. Yeah, and, it was pretty um, pretty shocking to see them bench their quarterback and then 
Dabo came out and said after the game, oh, we're still going to go with uh, what's his name. But so. they have that luxury. They can go out there and give DJ another shot next week, and it probably won't matter. And then yep. well, you, you just don't get that luxury in the Big Ten and the SEC. Um, yeah. If you don't game plan 100% or your guys don't show up, then you're going to look like Ole Miss. I mean, <laughs> Jackson Dart was one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. He just kind of turned in the corner with his passing ability. and Yeah, they came out firing on his arm. Yeah, I was surprised they tried to throw the ball as much as they did. Yeah, they probably should have just stuck to the running game because our run defense has not been that great. Um, you mentioned the upset pick. We can uh, talk about our upset picks for this week. So last week, we only went one and three. Not a great week, but we got the one that mattered with LSU over Ole Miss. Brought to you by Tyler. You could see it on our TikTok account. Wade put together a great video uh, for our TikTok with Tyler making the pick and then storming the field, the whole jazz. I had Texas over Oklahoma State, and I thought Texas was going to get it done. It and was there. It was there. Yeah. They ended up falling short there in the end. Jacob, Austin College over Wake Forest. I don't even think this one was close. Uh, it was for three quarters. <laughs> and then Wake Forest kind of ran away with it there. Yeah. Um, he was betting on it was the first half. Us. Yeah, first half upset. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then Syracuse over Clemson from Wade almost hit, but unfortunately it did not. So what do y'all have this week? I'll start with Wade. All right. Uh, kind of had to do a deep dive here. Nothing really stood out to me. Um, but I'm going with Illinois losing on the road to Nebraska. We do a lot of time here hating on Nebraska. Our resident Big Ten uh, specialist has his head down, for those of you listening on audio. But, hey, it's a wacky league. It's that time of the year. You got an interim coach getting momentum for Nebraska. Let's be real. Illinois is not any good. They just look the part for now. So they're going to get upset by, like, two points, and y'all are going to be – Eating words next week. So Nebraska over Illinois from no, Wade. Yeah, yes, Nebraska over Illinois. So Tyler sent me in his upset. It's only a six and a half point line. Oh wow, well that's pretty good. I mean, it can be done. It can be done. Tyler's going with number twenty-two Kansas State over number nine Oklahoma State. Uh, I think uh, you know Oklahoma State almost lost to Texas. Uh, they got beat by TCU a few weeks ago. I could definitely th- see it happening. So. We'll, uh, we'll see if that one plays out. Fudge, I feel like I know yours already. Yeah, um, no surprise here. Hold <laughs> your boys. Pitt State yeah. over Ohio State. Come on. I'm going to roll with my boys. It's about time. Um, it's a wacky season already, so might as well stick with it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to take Penn State to win at home over Ohio State. Their only chance to beat Ohio State is at home. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'll roll with it. It's a wild pick, but I think it happens. Uh, defense can come up big in this one. Uh, we saw what happened when Iowa's defense plays for one quarter. Um, they keep it somewhat close for one quarter, and that's about it. So uh, maybe they'll face a whole a whole squad uh, next week. So I'm going to take Penn State. Uh, number 13 so, over number two. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, I imagined it to be a little closer when they played um, this week, but they, they ended up dropping that game to Michigan. So hey, good upset pick. By the way, Wait, uh, speaking speaking of your pick, um, as far as the Big Ten goes, Illinois has given up the least amount of points total through the first seven games of the season out of anybody in the Big Ten. Well, it's going to be a huge upset. That's all Wade brings. 
I think that there's a chance Nebraska doesn't even score at home. <laughs> we got a little back and forth. Uh-uh. <laughs> I bring that fan board material, baby. I don't look <laughs> old as Crawford's going to get it done in Nebraska. <laughs> I saw a stat that said former LSU receiver uh, Trey, Trey Palmer. Palmer has 731 receiving yards. That's called mismanaged talent here at LSU. But he couldn't set his alarm clock and make it to practice. So Brian Kelly's and him <laughs> packing up north. <laughs> well, he's found a home in Nebraska. So my upset pick this week, uh, like you said, Wade, not a whole lot to choose from. I'm going UCF over number 20, Cincinnati. Uh, John Rice Plumley from his former team, Ole Miss. He leads the team in passing. He leads the team in rushing. I think they'll get it done this week and take down the Bearcats. But our upset picks this week are brought to you by Righteous Felon Jerky. Head on over to RighteousFelon.com. Uh, use promo code OCSN for 15% off all your jerky needs. Wade, when are you buying the Carolina Reaper jersey? Jerky, come on. If South Carolina beats Clemson. Okay, well, South Carolina got it done and beat uh, Texas A&M. We didn't even talk about that. Texas A&M is just falling off we'll celebrate with some carolina reaper when south carolina beats Clemson. i like to hear it i like to hear but hey south carolina over texas m south carolina's ranked number 25 they're uh they're in the they're in the top 25 but they almost blew that game it was very stressful for something that didn't need to be they um missed the go they missed the point after attempt that would have made it a 10 point game and kind of iced it but they're still up nine so there was like really mathematically zero percent chance they would lose but then they let Texas A&M go down the field and score a touchdown. And – or no, they, they kicked a field goal because they – it was like the Saints game where they they needed a field goal and a touchdown and an onside kick. So they went ahead and kicked to give themselves more time for the touchdown. And lo and behold, they got the onside kick. The guy like high-pointed the ball perfectly. And they had two shots at the end zone. Um, both fell incomplete. But South Carolina – Got it done, beat AM for the first time in program history, but it was a little bit of a nail biter when it didn't need to be. Did they storm the field? Uh, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not worthy. Texas AM is not good this year. Um, you know, I was going to ask you that earlier uh, when we were talking about one of the teams, you know, kicking a field goal and then a touchdown. When you're down by 10, do you almost feel like if you're close enough, go for the seven and then. In my opinion, I think it's best to go for the touchdown first, get the onside kick, and then go for the field goal because then you just have to get the field goal range, kick a field goal as time expired. What, what, well, what are your thoughts on that? I, I would think so too. Like I would say you got to play for the most possible points, but if you do think about it, if you don't have timeouts especially, um, you're better off taking the guaranteed points and then when you get Open back on America. the field – you're not having to worry about stopping the clock for the field goal attempt, especially if you only have time for one play. You don't have time to spike it or anything like that. So it kind of is the only way you can manage the clock. But if you have timeouts, I think that you go for the highest percentage touchdown opportunity, which would be, you know, not a Hail Mary to the end zone. Right. And set up a long kick off the the PAT, but off the onside attempt, but both in the Saints situation and Texas A&M situation, they didn't have any timeout, so hmm. that was kind of their only shot. Well, if you take the touchdown with no timeouts, then I think you just run the whole – the next. if you get the onside kick, you leave the kicker out there playing like a slot wide receiver and just have them <laughs> as an extra body to line up and kick the field goal if you get the field goal range. So, 
Uh, it takes a lot of time to get that field goal unit out there. So, well, that's what I'm saying. You just tell the quarterback, "Hey, you're you're holding the ball, center, you're snapping, and we're just going to make it work." And leave the kicker out there for the whole drive. And tell him, "Hey, just be ready to kick this yeah. thing." So, well, we got to talk about our top four. I'll let Fletch. I'll let you start it up. Who's your uh, college football playoff contenders? Oh shoot! All right. Um. Uh, number one, I'll keep the consensus Georgia in there. Um, I think Georgia's probably uh, the best team right now. Uh, could change based on the Tennessee game. Um, that's kind of my 1A and 1B right now. So, uh, one being Georgia. Um, two, I will probably – see, here's where I run into problems. I, you can't say Ohio State because you're no, picking Penn State. No, and I can't State say Ohio State, State because you I – can I, for I, now. The upset hasn't happened. Okay. Well, no, this this is well, your no, top is four me. at the end of the year. This is oh, at the end, the end of the year. Playoff. Yeah. Okay, okay. See, I really need to think about this. Um well, wait, we'll go to you. Yeah, we'll wait, 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 oh, we'll in the commercial. <laughs> you can finish your train of thought. No, I, I, I just I, – He generally has no I just, idea. Okay, okay. okay. I'll be the filler material. I just don't uh, know right now. I'm going to be optimistic and say it's Tennessee's year of destiny. I mean, they have looked better in Georgia to me. So, I think their offense can outpace their defensive woes. So, I'll give Tennessee the spot at number one both currently and theoretically at the end of the year. And then I do think Ohio State's going to find a way to win the Big Ten. I think they'll be the two seed. But I think um, Jacob's Nittany Lions will will give it a good fight on Saturday. Um, But I'd have to give it to Ohio State for now. And then at the three spot, I really like the way that TCU is looking. I don't know if they'll go undefeated. But something tells me they'll find a way. And then uh, you guessed it. At the four spot, Clemson, they'll go 13-0, and no problem. If TCU does lose, then I think that you could look at um, a team like Alabama um, or Georgia, actually probably more likely Georgia, um, taking a spot. Or, I mean, the Pac-12 is not a bad conference this year, so they could sneak a team in. So, I'll tell you, Tyler's got pretty much an identical one. He's got Tennessee, Ohio State, TCU, Clemson. So, those are his four. Uh, Fudge, I'm going to let you think about it for a little longer. I've got one that's going to blow the doors off everybody. I've got Ohio State number one, Clemson number two, TCU number three. So, we're talking three conference champions right there. And then the fourth conference champion, you guessed it, your LSU fighting Tigers. They're going to beat Alabama next week or in two weeks. They're going to win the rest of the season. They're going to face Tennessee in Atlanta. They're going to beat Tennessee because they were not going to make the same mistakes. And you can't not put a two-loss SEC champion in over like a one-loss Pac-12 champion. Probably going to be a, a two-loss Pac-12 champion because they all end up playing each other again. So I think it's going to be a team of destiny. Uh, two, like the 2007 year, we had two losses. We went to the national championship. We somehow get it done. I'm optimistic as heck right now for my LSU Tigers, and I think they figure out a way to slip into the four spot. All right. I like the optimism. I love how nobody freaked out. They are just like, okay, we'll go with it. I, I mean, we'll take it. it. <laughs> <laughs> you say I, it's it's going to take a lot, but, um, of course, I like the idea. Yeah, I mean, it can happen. LSU kind of controls their own destiny. The biggest thing is if they play Tennessee or Georgia, um, if they play Tennessee, it's not making the same mistakes twice. Start off strong. 
and hope your defense uh, holds off hitting Hooker. So. Yeah, I need a Fletch, drink after that one. <laughs> um, I know it's crazy, but it could happen. Yeah, well, anything could happen at this point. Um, one, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I'm going to change it. I think Tennessee can probably beat Georgia. Um, I'm going to go Tennessee one. Two, I'll go TCU. I think they could ultimately win out the rest of the Big season. 12, TCU, and number two. I think it can happen. Um, I never saw it coming to start the season. Um, nope, me neither. But TCU at two. At three, I would put Clemson at three. Um, and at four, I would probably sneak in Oregon uh, all around, pound for pound, the best Pac-12 team in the country. Uh, after a big win against UCLA, UCLA looked like absolute dog water in Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think, I think uh, Oregon. After you know, I mean, their only loss is a big loss to open the year against Georgia. Basically, Georgia playing at home, aka Atlanta. Um, yeah. So I, I think, uh, I think Bo Nix has figured it out there in Oregon, being. Uh, five touchdown passes uh, yesterday. So, I mean, I think it it has clicked. Uh, unpopular opinion, maybe popular opinion. I'm not sure. But Oregon's uniforms were absolutely atrocious yesterday. Not they as bad were as – a little hard on the eyes. Yeah, not as bad as Kansas was yesterday because Kansas hey, – like Awful. If Kansas should have matched that light blue with their pants, the the different color blue sure. was terrible. Yes, um, that's what it was. Oh, you know what was really bad? was watching Detroit and Dallas play today. Because Dallas, on their own right, already has like four different shades of blue in their uniforms. And then Detroit decided to wear the all-Hawaiian blue fit today. Um, So you had like 12 different shades of blue on the field. Well, you can't even follow who has the ball at that one. Uh, (laughs) Well, the only issue with that Oregon pick, Futch, is they've got Utah uh, November 19th. Utah's uh, looking like a pretty good team. They bounced back yeah. against that Florida loss. So it should be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I just so. think it's two it's I think it's a tier one versus tier two team. I just feel like I think that I thought USC and Utah was they were both tier two teams uh matching up against each other. I didn't think they were the best two teams in the Pac twelve. Um, you know, when that matchup happened, I think it was Oregon and UCLA. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with that. If I was to rank the top four teams in the Pac-12, I still think it's Oregon one, UCLA two, Utah three, and UC- USC four. Um, just based off of what's happened. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I started off with uh, USC making it to the college football playoff for me, and they've definitely fallen off in my eyes. Okay, well, another team that not a lot of people would think would finish first in the AP top twenty-five, Liberty, was given thirty-five first-place votes this week. I mean, you're just wasting votes at that point. Why not? Had, uh, <laughs> was that an alternative to putting money in the offering plate in the Baptist church? Uh, I guess so. I mean, Liberty, 35. Texas, 38. Oregon State, 25. Mississippi State was given 10 first-place votes. Uh, Maryland, 8. Troy, 3. Who are these people voting, and why do we not get a vote? If they're voting for Troy to be the number one-ranked team in the country – I feel are you like sure these aren't votes received. These are point values uh, for the first place votes. Huh. So somebody's trying to get a raise in their local paper. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It does say others receiving votes. Maybe this is just for the top 25, but I think so. 
Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Now I sound like an idiot. I, mean, I was like, <laughs> Liberty, 35 points. For, hey, for Liberty, 7-1. Them. and one, And a, a guy from my high school is their quarterback this year, and he led him to a drubbing of BYU. So shout out to Jonathan Bennett getting the job done. Hey, shout out, shout out Jay Ben, you know, leading the Liberty. What are they? Uh, the Eagles? Flames. The Flames. Okay. Which is kind of ironic. If no you sense, think. Yeah. Uh, well, like Lady Liberty, Statue of Liberty with her. Yeah, flame. we can discuss it after the yeah, show. Yeah, but their mascot is. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you mentioned, look. you mentioned Mississippi State. Um, speaking of their game against Alabama yesterday, I know it wasn't much of a football game. Um, but I. I'm not okay. I'm not as much of an Alabama hater as the three of y'all are because you're LSU fans. I hate yeah, Alabama. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I hate Alabama. I don't mind Alabama. I mean, they're successful. It's annoying, but they're successful. Okay. Um, I hate Alabama. <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> so, well, at least half of the half of the show. Alabama. It goes Alabama, Florida. Okay. For me. I hate them sometimes, but I'm not going to irrationally hate them and Nick Saban for being successful because that's just a hater mentality. I mean, no, I if they do annoying them. stuff, that's fine. But if it's just because they're good, that's stupid. True. I, okay, I, just, I, I, I can I can agree with you on that. Um, but at the end of the game, you know, Alabama's up thirty to nothing at home. Will Rogers and Mississippi State go down the field um, and end up scoring a touchdown as time expires. Now. The reaction of Nick Saban on the sideline when Mississippi State scores a touchdown. Keep in mind, people, Alabama is up 30-6 to at the end of this game. Nick Saban absolutely loses his shirt over the fact that Mississippi State gets a touchdown as time expires. Well, Like he just lost his little puppy dog or they just lost the biggest game of all time. Did it even count? Yes, it yeah, counts. It was thirty to six. I yeah. thought it was, it was final score. I thought maybe he challenged it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Honestly, I wouldn't put it past him to challenge. And to make matters even worse, the two DBs for Alabama are absolutely yelling at each other after the play is over, talking about whose assignment it is and everything. I bet you, your assignment is to go back to the locker room, go light up your cigar, and call it a night. I bet and, you Nick Saban told him if they score any points, you're losing your NIL deals. See after now that, that after them losing to Tennessee, that is that's why they're all fired up. I can hate Alabama for that. That is annoying. Yes, I mean Nick Saban absolutely losing it. I mean it was completely like livid with the official on the sideline for some strange reason. I'm not sure why, but I mean I give credit to Mississippi State for not giving up and going down and getting points. Um, that's just that's that dog mentality in Mike Leach. Just to yeah, go down Rogers, there, got records to build yeah. on, man. Yeah, just yeah. to go down there and say, you know what, screw Alabama. We're gonna go down there and score a touchdown because we yeah. haven't done it since twenty what twenty fourteen. They haven't scored a touchdown at hey. Alabama. Well, they got it done. I mean, that that's all that matters in that point. Oh, um, we've talked a lot about college football here. Uh, we're at an hour and twenty seven minutes. We got no content for tomorrow. I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> College football coast to coast is just going to be NFL talk, I guess. We, we can run a two-minute office here with the NFL. There wasn't much in the NFL. Yeah. Robbie Anderson kicked off Carolina sidelines and immediately traded to Arizona the next day. Um, can't yell at your coach like that. And then you've got Arizona uh, during the Saints game, Mr. Kyler Murray screaming at Cliff Kingsbury uh, about who knows what. So, 
players, I guess, run the show in Arizona. Talk about that. Uh, CMC to the 49ers. Fletch, you called it. You were right. Uh, did he play today? I yes, know he was eligible. How did he do? Did he score any touchdowns? No. No, okay. he, he, well, he didn't know the playbook. He, he just got the there. whole playbook. 65 yeah. yards on the ground. That was it. All right. So, Jeff Wilson, you're off my fantasy team. See you later. Oh, yeah. um, my fantasy team sucked this week. So, there's that. I got beat by Wade. I mean, come on. <laughs> no offense, Wade. But we both are having terrible years. Uh, Tom Brady, karma. You're getting a divorce because you won't spend time with your wife and your kids. And now you're the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just terrible. I mean, if I'm Tom Brady, I'm just retiring and trying to salvage my marriage with Giselle because that's a very ex- expensive divorce. But another I, thing, I think they'll turn it around. I mean, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. The marriage or the or the. Oh, no, I think marriage. they have a better chance of turning the marriage around than they do the season. No, the season. <laughs> that's just my my opinion. The season. I mean, Tom Brady's. He's yelling I at mean, players on the sidelines. I mean, he doesn't even show up to practice. Yeah, but he's too egotistical to let his whole legacy go down on like a five and eleven season or something like they'll the the NFC. South is really terrible this year, so they'll probably win the division at like nine and eight. I don't know. They just lost to the Carolina Panthers with their third string quarterback and their backup running backs. Doesn't Uh, matter because the Panthers will keep losing. The Falcons lost. Saints lost. Yeah, Saints just suck. Uh, (laughs) Tyler gave me a stat. Every time the Saints have lost, LSU has won. So I'm hoping the Saints – well, what sucks is they can't tank because the Eagles hold our first-round pick. So there's that. Uh, but if that means LSU wins out and the Saints lose out, I'm all for it. Uh, another thing, Tom Brady last week, the day before the game, Saturday night, he's up in New England at Robert Kraft's 12th wedding. So, <laughs> And now he's yelling at the offensive lineman like, dude, you didn't even show up to practice, to walkthroughs. You flew to the game on your private jet. So I don't know, I don't know about that one. I think the team's kind of turned against You ready to put in Kyle Trask? Uh, if they keep losing – I don't know if you can bench Tom Brady, but you might ask him to step away and go go run the uh, Dolphins. He'll get traded to, like, I don't know, somebody that doesn't have a quarterback, <laughs> the Broncos. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, because Russell Wilson, he's out. He's missed this week, and he's supposed to play next week. But, honestly, they're probably better. Tom Brady should get traded to the Jets as they make their playoff push because Zach Wilson ain't it, but somehow they're 6-2. and two. <laughs> Some, That's my next point. The Jets and Giants, they're figuring it out, man. Is this going to be a Super Bowl between New York and New York? No. Well, oh, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, AFC and NFC. Jets versus Giants. Uh, Talk about the city burning now. Yeah, speaking of the Jets, um, I know that I won my fantasy matchup this week, but I lost Brees Hall after 14 uh, points today. Who who tried to trade you for Brees Hall last week? Well, you he's want him now because he's got a tornado. I want him to not Jets. Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> yeah, my entire bench is just out. And yeah. Jeff Wilson starting at running back. Yeah, so uh, that's <laughs> – I need a uh, Cordero Patterson, if you're listening. Get healthy, man. I he looks good on the sidelines. He looks healthy. Well, he's alive, he's so he has, has to miss, miss four games. So I think he's got one. He was wearing a left. tank top. I've never seen a guy just wear a tank top just on the sideline. Straight up jacked out there. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, hey, that was our two-minute drill for NFL Talk because we are a college football show in, in, in hindsight. Seasonally so, a college football show for sure. Right. Well, well, I mean, when Tyler's on, he dials us back a little bit into some NFL Talk. Uh, 
kind of news around the league. NBA started, uh, and you got an NBA player, Kevin Durant, owning uh, a pickleball team. And also Tom Brady owns a pickleball team. Drew Brees owns a pickleball team. The International Pickleball League kicks off here soon. Uh, have y'all even played pickleball? Uh, I thought they were miniature tennis courts for kids when I, when I first came across them. There um, you go. There you go. I think it's tennis, but with a wiffle ball. I played it in, uh, in gym class in like middle school. We were learning different sports. I mean, it seems pretty cool. It's uh, one of those like retired tennis sports. It's like golf of tennis world. Um, let's get into NASCAR, Neil, real quick before we end the show. Uh, it's got a lengthy update here. Kyle Larson dominated today's race, adding to the non-active playoff, playoff drivers to win a race during the playoffs this year. Martin Truex Jr. had a solid race, leading plenty of laps, but got spun out by Kyle Larson on the pit road, forcing him to restart in 19th place. He managed to work back to six by the race end on a 20-lap run, which is quite impressive for the veteran driver as he has struggled and failed to catch a break this year. A little bit of drama. Uh, Bubba Watson, or Bubba Wallace, not Bubba Watson. He's over there at Live Golf. Bubba Wallace got a first uh, one-race suspension for intentionally hooking Kyle Larson's right rear spinning him out last week. This marks a major move by NASCAR that's historically not punished their drivers for on-track racing under green. In Neil's opinion, it was the right call by the sanctioning body as it was a potentially dangerous situation with safety being a big issue as of the late races. So there's one more race until championship time. And here's NASCAR Neil's prediction. Uh, He's got Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Chasten and Byron are both the cut line, and he thinks they all get in uh, with Elliott and Hamlet advancing with one more getting in. I don't know what that means, but he uh, will probably have him on next week to give uh, to give his take on the race before the championship. So NASCAR Neil brought to you by Norse Beards, which is ironic because NASCAR Neil does not have a beard. But I do. Jacob does, and he won't be shaving it because Penn State's taking down Ohio State. And Wade's got a little bit of scruff growing there, but he'll probably shave it tonight. Uh, so head on over to Norse Beards. Use promo code OCS for 25% off all of your beers and needs if you want them looking like me and Jacob. So, boys, long show. Any any takes on the NASCAR? Are, have y'all, are y'all getting into NASCAR here? Only through the experts, Neil and uh, Matt. So Exactly. Neil was on our TikTok last week, so... We'll see if he said he may try to make a make a run down to the last race. We'll see if that happens. Anything uh, else, guys? We miss anything? In other news, uh, Houston currently leads the Yankees four to three All in right. the uh, bottom of the fourth. That's so pretty early scoring. Yankees, man. yeah, yeah, they, they got off to a hot start. Lead. Yeah. Did Aaron Judge hit a home run? I don't know. Probably not. He's only hit five hits. This Very good question. But yeah, he so, sucks in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Aaron Judge is, does not have that dog in him in the playoffs. So, oh yeah, we got. Go ahead, Fudge. We gotta have our who got that dog in him segment. Jay Daniels, baby. I already said it. He's got that dog in him. One hundred percent. Who is your pick? Well, I gotta say, Jaden Daniels as well. But Harold Perkins also from that game. He got the dog in him. Yeah, definitely. You, Fudge, who you got? Two people from the same game i'm gonna jump over to the courts uh i, I was there for I four go. hours man <laughs> <laughs> thanks cbs i didn't have uh the luxury of watching all the glorious games by the time the seven o'clock games were going i was driving back 
well, I'm going to go to the courts, uh, to the NBA, because we didn't get to talk about it very much. Um, but I'm going to go with my boys in Memphis. Uh, I got to go with John Moran. Coming. That man dropped 49 in Houston the other night. Uh, so yeah, crazy. Houston's, uh, all I got going for him is their baseball team. Yeah. I so I season, that. I, hey, at this Media rate, passes I, to the Rockets games? Chet, at this rate, I might have to come over for a Rockets-Grizzlies game because if Jaw's going to put up 49 every time he's in Houston, I got to be there for it. Hey, come over for a Rockets-Grizzlies game. We'll get a little golf match in, some stuff for the TikTok. You know where else you can catch us besides TikTok? You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, I think Amazon, Google, all, all the fun stuff, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You could also, if you want to hear more about college football, because since we somehow didn't cover it all, you can catch Jacob and Tyler tomorrow at 3 o'clock for college football coast-to-coast. And then the Snaps viewers themselves, Wade and Tyler, Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. For I think we're going Talk. Wednesday this week. I think. Wednesday night this week. Preliminary. Okay. Pulling a little audible here on us. Uh, yeah. Well, Manning style. Tyler doesn't work for me. He works for the Pelicans, and they schedule <laughs> games on Tuesdays. Well, there you go. Tyler's, Tyler's a traveling man. We'll see how often we can get him on. They might be having games on Sunday nights uh, from here on out. So, this was this week's episode of Sports Scramble. We appreciate everyone that listened. Uh, it was a long one, so if you're still here to the end, uh, send us a DM on Twitter, and we'll give you a thanks. So, uh, boys, it was a pleasure, as always, having you on. Hope everyone has a good week. What's up, everyone? Let me tell you about a company called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.